So is this the whiskey you've uh, you've promised me? It is. This is some Balvenie Double Wood. Um, I've made the tea that I also promised. Whiskey and tea. I, d- I, I don't know if it'll work. Some, I've had some lovely cocktails actually. That with whiskey and tea. Totally. I've had whiskey and coffee before. Not a cup of tea, but a cocktail of. I think it was a it was a, a particular Johnny Walker with Earl Grey and bitters, and it was lovely. Okay, well, we'll give this a go. Welcome to Sounding Board. This is our post-podcast podcast. Well, yeah, so we, 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 we did a podcast on the manifesto, so it went on a lot longer than we thought. At the end of that, we said, we'll be back in a moment after a cup of tea um, to talk about it, and then we realised the time, actually recorded a section after saying, you know what, this is too late, Yeah, we're going to have some scotch. Uh, but we thought we still want to chat. So let's record it let's anyway. Do podcast. We've got tea. We've got whiskey. Um, you can subscribe on YouTube. We didn't say that last time. Uh, you can subscribe to YouTube podcast users you. know what they're doing. I think. Uh, no, I'm talking. I wasn't talking to the YouTube users at this point. Oh, you're talking, I was to, talking the podcast, to the podcast. But you were, you were looking at the camera, pointing at them. Podcast listeners can subscribe. YouTube was that was that better much better yep uh, and uh, and vice versa and all that all that jazz um, so I'm just checking we're recording it's red light on we're good so democracy then I wanted to come on to democracy in more general terms and we dissected those manifestos well not that forensically actually you spent a you know hour or so this afternoon just kind of going through them just to kind of uh, get get a, a feeling for them I have had no desire at all to actually download them and look at them. I only did that because you said, I want to do a podcast on the, on the manifesto. So I thought, oh, well, I better read them because Nick obviously has. No. Not a chance. No. No, I wanted this. Is, this is all logged. This, this is, is all the, logged. <laughs> <laughs> the next time. No. Just because I wanted to do one on the manifestos doesn't mean I was going to read them. Locked. <laughs> locked for what purpose? So the next time you say, I want, to do, I want to do a podcast on this, you can do the research and I'll grill you. I have done lots of research for our podcasts in the past. So have I. This isn't a competition. So democracy then. Are you going to vote? No. Why? Because I don't want anyone in charge of my life. If, 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 if we're trying to boil it down to one sentence. So the threat of a Corbyn government... Uh, extreme hard left nationalise the shit on your back government doesn't fill you with some kind of fear? Uh, no it does so but you're not willing to do anything to stop that I'm not voting so I'm not I'm not putting my name against it but if you were to vote for a party that would prevent him from being in power that is I would be putting my name against a system that enables Corbyn which I'm not willing I'm, to do. I'm playing, I'm playing devil's advocate here. But it is, it's often thrown at libertarians, specifically. Oh, all the time. You, all the you, time. Know, you know this. All the time. Um, and, again, I, I, I don't wish to um, uh, belittle Brendan O'Neill, but he, he has a lazy retort. For, for this doesn't he of you know or your ideas can't be can't be that good you're not willing to back up your ideas in an election or that kind of 
Yeah, if that you, kind do you not of think thing. your ideas are good enough to convince 50% of the population it's that kind of yeah. thing? Yeah. Um, what do you say to that? Well, the, I, I don't, everybody should be able to create their own morals, create their own way of life, live, the, live their lives as they see fit. And if your idea needs to be implemented through coercion, which is the only reason you'd ever vote on it, then it's a bad idea. If it's a good idea, people will do it voluntarily and there'd be no need to vote for it. 49% of people should be able to do something without the other 51% of people having to have... Or, 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 or an additional other 2%. A single person should be able to do it. A- Not a- just absolutely. 49% of the, the, the population. You know, Every single person should have their own way of living their lives. Yeah. And when you start saying you actually want more democracy, and by that I mean, right, okay, let's... Uh, let's all vote on what we have for breakfast, or yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. To me, the, the, the argument for more democracy does start to, to self-destruct, uh, because it starts getting you to the point where you go, hang on a minute. And well, likewise, the um, uh, kind of identity politics. I mean, obviously, wiser people than us have written books on identity politics and stuff. You know, Douglas Murray recently, and um, uh, uh, Andrew Doyle uh, as to Tanya McGrath, you know, Coming at it from completely different angles, different angles but um, they broadly share um, similar opinions, obviously, on this. But the concept of the group getting ever, ever smaller gets to the point where it's, I as individuals should be able to have every, every say over every aspect of my life. And the, to me, the same kind of argument happens when you start talking about democracy for everything. You start going, getting a smaller and smaller groups, you know, more and more things that you should have a say over. And then you end up with the market. Now, or you end up with decisions being made upon everything and everyone forced to do everything the same way. Yes. And nothing ever getting done. Yeah. See, one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the great things about Brexit is that people are now talking about trade, which they haven't really talked about trade deals great. for 40 years probably, um, or, or, or longer, you know, since we, you know, and the EC really, we haven't really needed to talk about trade deals. Yeah. So that's a great thing. People are talking about free trade. There's the occasional mention of unilateral free trade. I know you and I talk about it as much as possible. Yeah. Occasionally it's mentioned. You know, places like Singapore and Hong Kong. So yes, this is a good thing. One of the bad things about Brexit is Everyone's that people about are democracy. going on about democracy and how good it is when it's not. Right. Now I get the simplicity of the argument that the Brexit party came out with early on, uh, which was, this is about democracy. And it's arguably how you can unite uh, people like Claire Nigel Fox Farage and, and Claire Fox uh, under, the same, under the same roof, um, because it's democracy stupid. And I have very much a sympathy with, um, with the fact that something got voted and then didn't get implemented. But arguably, you can say that about uh, a million other manifesto pledges in, you know, and in a, you know, the, the one we just recorded, um, a lot, if not most <laughs> of the pledges made in the winner's manifesto just won't get implemented or will get changed or, or, or something. So I'm saying this for the first time, but it is actually a bit rich isn't it? To use that as an argument when a lot of manifesto pledges just don't get implemented anyway. 
there's there's a difference because because so manifesto pledges are still representative democracy, whereas a referendum is direct democracy. We are asking you to make a decision on something. We're giving you two options, and you've told us exactly what you want. Therefore, you should implement it. So, going down that line, uh, would you be in favour of more direct? Democracy is the problem of the voting in this coming election. That it's a general election. That it's about voting in the people and about um, the the current system that we have. Whereas if we had a more Swiss style system, where there was more um, referenda, um, would you would you be in favour of more referenda on individual issues? I would never be in favour. Of them, I think you could argue that it's a better system than the one we have currently. Yep. Um, so you know, direct but the democracy is probably is, better than representative democracy, but it's not as good as individual freedom. But, but the problem is, you uh, but you could still have a referendum that says everyone needs to have, uh, have sugar in their tea. Of course. And well, then, which, which car do we want everybody to drive? Ex- exactly. Exactly. So. It probably is better, but the, the fact that you still have to have some form of checks and balances on it—it's it's at least worst territory again. It's it's you know democracy. You should absolutely have, democracy. Re, you know requires everyone going along with a result. L- literally everyone going along. Loser's consent. I've heard this described as. I don't know whether that's a new phrase or an old one. Um. I yeah. I've only heard it since the Brexit referendum. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm trying to think if there's ever a need. To use it before in all, in all other referendums, and and you know, people it's just accepted that you, know, yeah. you, you lose an election, your manifesto promises don't get in, yeah, or you lose a referendum, it doesn't get you know, try harder next time, yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't think, um, yeah, I, I don't think I've heard it, I've heard it before, yeah. Um, but you see, I, I, but, I it, but even if even if the, the losers are, are, are behaving obnoxiously, you know, it's still. You know, Parliament would still implement the decision, um, and de- any kind of democracy requires everyone, even if they don't like it. They, they, yeah, it's it's the law. I don't like the fact that the word democracy is bandied around um, without actually the qualifications on it. Democracy means so many different sorts of voting systems uh, and representative systems. As you said, we have a representative system. Um, so we vote in people who act on our behalf. Oh, we we vote in local dictators to yes. choose for us. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. Um, what I've liked about this this period, um, uh, one of the things I've liked about the the the, the, the aftermath of the Brexit referendum, because we're still actually pre-Brexit, uh, is those those people, pundits, MPs. Uh, they're politicians, I mean, they're all politicians, that have revealed themselves to be very much in contempt of the electorate. And I don't even mean broadly, Are you I mean about like Matthew, Matthew Paris. Paris and, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay? To force them. I mean, there's Brexit derangement syndrome, but there's also the... He, was, he felt compelled to finally come out and it was like a proper there I said it <laughs> moment we wrote in the spectator and he probably wrote in the times and whatever else that he believed that his opinion when he was an MP and had he been in here he was an MP now was more valid 
than the people that voted him in. Voted him in. So you didn't go to the, so it was it was our other brother Simon, I think. So I went to an event. Brother number three. Brother brother number three. I went to an event at the Institute of Economic Affairs. Yeah. That was all about democracy. And uh, you know, I didn't go to this so one. Uh, Lee Rowley was there. Mm. Um, Sam Bowman, a couple of other guys. Um, and was Matthew Paris there? Matthew Paris was there. Ah. I mean, best voice in the business. Give me his due. His voice. <laughs> I could just listen to him. Read the phone it's book. his diction and everything, though, isn't it? It's his delivery. But his delivery is exceptional. Um, uh, but yeah, he said exactly the same thing. Yeah. He's like, this is this is why we vote people in. Is because we're cleverer than you. And, and as far as he was concerned, it was a very important protection. Well, it's paternalism. It's you know, yes, you, you, you absolutely cannot trust the people. You need you need this special and group classic of conservatism, I would, or Toryism. Yeah, I would I would argue uh, because the people can't be trusted. They can be trusted to vote you in, but that's it. I, I mean, obviously, hypocrisy abound yeah. in in all of these. Um, so I, that that's been. I, to be able to actually point at those people directly, I think is important. Because you had to generalise before. I'm not saying everyone has, but there are plenty of people now who have been saying, we're not delegates, or we are, whichever way around it is. No, we're not delegates, we're representatives. Um, but coming back to this general election that we're about to have, we're in the campaign now, manifestos are out. Don't talk to me about manifestos again. Just, <laughs> I've, I've had it. You're not going to read that manifesto again. Yes, yeah. Hours I spent. Don't you find that when you are making comments to people, whether it's in person or online, about pointing out how absurd or scary um, something that the Labour or the Lib Dems or the Greens say? And I'm not saying you aren't pointing out the absurdities of those and the Conservative Party as well, but the sheer scale of scariness. Well, yeah, so I've... Of the others. Yeah, and I've I've tweeted a little bit recently um, saying things like, it's not that I'm for the Conservatives or the Conservative Manifesto. If you find me tweeting more about how bad the Labour policies are, it's it's because you I'm know, choosing to pick the worst so, ones. There's so much material there. But is it? But is it also because they are the but, current second largest party? That they are one of the parties of government? Well, is it the risk? You're not just picking out the scary stuff of the Greens all day long. No, I, I guess, and I tend to. I'd so I tend to pick the things I attack most are the policies that normal people tend to like. So, for oh, example, you like attacking the NHS, for example? Well, well and I, I don't, I don't mean that as in I'm trying to troll people. I just mean that if you look at all the surveys, Labour's individual policies are actually quite popular. All their nationalisation, so the country as a whole, looking at the polls, is moving leftwards. So, of course, I'm attacking the left more than I'm, more than I'm attacking the right because that's where the threat is. Well, is it? Is it? And this is the argument. This is the this is the Euron Brook argument, isn't it? That it's the centrists that are the that are the real enemy. <laughs> well, the centre is getting getting. It's moving further, 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 further left. Yeah. So, well, I don't I don't know whether even I want to use the term left in this because do you mean left or do you actually mean authoritarian? 
No, I mean left. You mean I left. mean I mean nationalising things. Right. But you're not in favour of the right, though, either. No, but I don't think there's an imminent threat of much more regulation than we have now. Right. And so certainly, if you look at the polls, people aren't saying, oh, I'm crying out for regulation, but they are crying out for nationalising and owning the media. There are some things that they are support. They would be supportive of in terms of regulation, I think. And I, I don't have the polls to hand, but certainly things like you know curbing the power of the internet giants and this kind of stuff, I think is also very popular. Um, so I think there are things, but you're right on balance. It's the left-wing stuff. Right now, nationalisation and all that kind of stuff. But then, yet, yeah, energy price caps and <laughs> all these kind of things as well. They are, they are well, the policies. Polls, the, the polls show that people prefer, would prefer energy companies to be nationalised. Yes. Um, than, than and we've caps. spoken about this. And so, as far the Ed Miliband stole a right-wing idea because he thought that was as far as he was going to be able to go because he didn't dare put something nationalizing uh, in the manifesto. The in, innocent times. Those were the days, <laughs> weren't they? Back in, back in 2015. When the it, seeds were sown, though, for, for everything that's come since. I mean, he, let's be clear. Yeah, he but, was the one who brought in the £3 votes and all that. He was, but what, weren't they simpler times when all you had to... You, you know, when Ed Miliband was the Ed worst you were, you were worried about. And yeah, Ed, Ed Balls as Chancellor was the thing that you were scared about most. Yeah. And, you, you know, it was just... Should we counterfactual this? Can you imagine if Ed Miliband was Prime Minister and Ed Balls was Chancellor and had been since 2015? No Brexit, no, no any of that at all. You and I wouldn't be happy with the government, but what's new? We, we would just be a bit generally disgruntled. We wouldn't be scared. We'd probably be grumbling about how much we're being taxed. We would, tax, I, don't think we'd be, I don't think we'd be scared of imminent communism, which of, is what the Labour manifesto is. Yes. We wouldn't be thinking, are my private property rights here seriously under, under threat? I mean, I, I just love it when... Marxists, communists, socialists, cheers, cheers, start defining the difference between private property and personal property. Have you, you've, heard, you've, heard, you've, heard, you've heard all this stuff, haven't you? All the time. And all it's, the time. Um, it's, it's absurd. I don't, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to even contend with that. And argu- arguably, it's the kind of thing we do on this podcast, isn't it? It's getting to the nitty-gritty of what the hell they're talking Do you know about. how hard it is to find a, a private property absolutist, for want of a better term? Do you know how difficult it is? Well, there's, there's like you and me, and then yeah. that's basically it. Even, even you're on Brooke and yeah. objectivism. I can't, so this is... <clears throat> I but objectivism still be in the state. It's just a very, very, very small state I, with a very narrow remit that would obviously grow. I love you on Brooke. Mm. You know, I agree with him on Virtually everything, and he, he, you know, he, he, he We'd be skipping to work if, if his state was actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be over the moon. Yeah. But one of the things that I don't quite get about objectivism, um, and so people, people often talk about, say, say freedom of speech. People often say, "I believe in freedom but. of speech," and there's always a but, but, isn't there? And it's a little bit like this with objectivism 
and yeah. private property yeah. because they believe and he's so good at talking about it they, but. Be, they believe in a state and, and it, it, to, to, so to give me to you he doesn't use this language he doesn't say I believe in private property but no. but I can't I no. can't see how this works out and I'd, I guess I'd love to ask him um, let's say you have let's say all, pro, all property is private yeah and you know you and I own a small road can we just say example. that we've totally and utterly made it if we end up having a conversation with you on Brooke Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Whether it's recorded or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's say yeah, you know, the roads are owned privately, you know, houses are owned privately, lands, all, everything, everything's private. Which yes, is something yes, you're rivers, talks about. Yeah, 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 everything, yeah, you know, yeah. So in which case you get rid of all the externalities by, by doing that. If there's a state and that state has jurisdiction over me in my own road, in my own house, is it my own house? I don't think it is. And also, what what... Objectivism believes the state should do is is yeah. the state should provide an army, police you know, force. and a police force. Yeah, the police so force if, is the difficult. If one I own make. a if I own a road, yeah. Well, yeah, does that mean the state police can just come in on my road without my permission? If yeah, this is the problem, isn't it? It's, it's not if, private property. The, the, and it's not freedom of association either. I can't associate with the arguably, people. Arguably, arguably, the only way that the police as a concept works at the moment is because actually most land is public of course so i yeah i think that's a that's a difficult um well, it doesn't it's a contradiction. circle it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make sense as far as i'm concerned i, I think i can understand yeah. having you know saying we want a minimal state and we want the state to provide the courts for example you could you know that, that's that, kind of that's about where I am actually I think because that's easier to that's certainly easier to argue yeah because um, it is a it's a, like a, it's a, it's an official arbitration mechanism but the problem is is that you still got to then create the system that enforces it and then it, see if they're the people with all the power then that's the all the people that want the power are going to want to be there so yeah I, yeah. I also get out. I don't think you can you, you can't have you can't believe in property rights and have a state police, I don't think, because they'd have jurisdiction, they'd be able to just occupy your land, your land yes. in which case it's not your land. You can no yeah. longer have freedom of association because you have to associate with the, with the, with the state police. It has to be a voluntary system. It has to Let's be. just brush aside the fact that, you know, like in, 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 in America, for example, the police, you know, I mean, how many, how many dogs do they shoot a year and, and, and black people and, you know, minorities and you know, just people in general? Yeah, um, and, and get away with it. Yeah. All lives matter, Addy. <laughs> um, but they're, they're just, you know, they are just brutal maniacs. Um, you know, the the, the generalisation. The, well, no, the proportion of American police officers that have uh, been involved in domestic abuse is right. ridiculous. It's like, right. you know, forty or fifty percent or something crazy. Are you um, saying it attracts the wrong type of person? It, 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 I'm not sure whether it attracts the wrong, I'm not sure whether it attracts the wrong type of person or whether it changes people once they get in there. That's what I meant by institutionally. Or yeah, both. Yeah. 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 Okay. But it doesn't work. Well, yeah. So they get given guns for a start. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's you know, statistically, you're safer in like shopping centres where they have private security than you are. Yes, street I've heard outside. this. I've heard this. So if that works, why not just extend that to the street if it gets owned by if it gets owned by people? Yeah. Um, I think we're in danger of moving a little bit off topic here. <laughs> we are, we are. But that's the you know, that's another reason why we're against democracy. Is that you know you can you can have if you can have like kind of competing police forces. I don't mean competing as in 
fighting. No, no. Because no. It's, that's, that's another thing, you know, the, the, the objectivists talk about... Fighting is expensive. Exactly. Objectivists talk about, oh yeah, well, of course, you know, people, you know, you know, people will enter A into... strong con- national security. Enter into contracts with each other because it's in their own rational self-interest. Do you not think it's in the police, you know, if we have private police, do you not yeah. think it's in their rational self-interest totally. to cooperate with each other? Yeah. And you get some that are good or better than others, you get some that are more efficient and, and competition. We need John Brick to answer back. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do that, uh, much as I would uh, uh, like his, well, his style and his abilities and, uh, and, and all that. I think he talks very well on, on all these subjects, but yeah. Uh, and he recognises actually where he doesn't have all of the answers and it's not his philosophy, it's Ayn Rand's philosophy. Um, and he admits that they don't have, you know, she didn't have all the answers either. Um, it's still pretty good. As, a, as as philosophies go, and so yeah, I so I I really like objectivism. I like the way that it's based on reason. I just think it can totally be, about it, things that are real and tangible and observable. Yeah, I just think it can exist without the state providing the police totally and the, the armed forces totally. I think you you know you can just extend it a little bit further, and, and then you done, and, and it would work better. You can, the the point is that all of the arguments you've used to get that far. You can just carry can on. Just keep going. Yeah. And this is this is this is my journey. <laughs> Suddenly realizing, hang on a minute, a small government person. In order to get to the small government bit, you just apply the same rules and you keep going. I mean, so so private police was where I struggled because I remember I remember going through this journey before you. This yeah, was probably yeah. ten years ago, um, and I was chatting to you know like come out and out anarcho-capitalists and people on right. on Twitter and I was quite open saying look I'm you know I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with this I'm you know I kind of I tend to think of myself as a classical liberal but I'm really interested in going a little bit further into libertarianism yeah I'm struggling with private police um, you know yeah. can, you, can you can you help or you know is there anything that you know you suggest, yeah. suggested reading or whatever yeah and one of the one of the chaps uh, uh, said yeah, yeah this is great this, this is the book I read and it was by David D. Friedman, um, son of Milton Friedman, um, and oh, right. uh, called, there's a book called, and I think there's a there's a PDF for free. I'll have to try and dig out the URL. We should and post that. Post yeah. it online. But there's a there's a, a book called The Machinery of Freedom, where he talks fantastically about this. And I remember reading that and thinking, yeah, this all this all makes sense now. This is mm. how it, this is how it could work. And then you can you can read Murray Rothbard, read like the Libertarian Manifesto, and you know lots of these libertarians have different ideas. Mm. But that's the point. You could have multiple ideas and we could just work out which works best. Competing ideas, yeah. Or it could be that some people in one area prefer that and some people in another area prefer that. And that's also fine. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of back, my journey. Bringing it back to this general election and where we are right now. And I'll, I'll be honest, until I've, I've espoused a number of views over the last couple of years to, to people publicly. Uh, one of those, before, before there was the, the hope of a general election, um, before the first Brexit deadline, before the 29th of March. And oh, a long time ago, say a long time. It's a long it time. Really it really isn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but within the last year, uh, I was saying to people, I want there to be a general election. No one is currently an MP is now to stand. You know, I, I was imposing my own rules 
on our current democratic system. I mean, it's a my idea there was was a vote winner. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, literally, literally, no one's allowed to stand. I mean, proper clear out. As much as I, as much as I hate democracy, I would be that very, kind of term limits. I, but I would be very, very amused if the public just imposed that and just everyone got together. There was a big Facebook campaign. Everyone said, right, you know what? None of us are going to vote for a current candidate, regardless of who they are. Yeah. Just get rid of them all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it too late to start a campaign? <laughs> Probably. Um, but that's one of the things I said. Um, I've, also, I've also been very much, when in the situation, been espousing those kind of libertarian um, uh, views and saying... Uh, well, who is it? Who is it? Read the book. Don't vote. It just encourages the bastards. Um, yeah, I know, I know the quote. But it's such a it's such a great quote, and explaining why. And um, uh, oh, I had a conversation today, and uh, I was saying it's like the Oscars. Somebody has to win. I tweeted something the other day. You you kindly liked or retweeted or something, uh, where I said. Um, it's the fact that you have to vote someone I can't just vote someone out without voting someone else in we're told it's okay you can vote someone out after four years or five years or whatever um, but you have to replace you have to replace them with someone else equal or lesser moron yeah but it is your, it's very specifically least worst territory um, because they're all the wrong type of person because they all want to be there they all want control Nobody goes. I mean, the Brexit Party have been the closest in constitutional terms, actually written into their constitution. Not only classical liberal, fine, not completely. Not that that means now. anything, judging by their manifesto. Totally. Um, but the other thing they, they had in their constitution was they, it was like reserve the right to or something. Um, any legislative body that they seek election to and gain seats in. Which includes the European Parliament, presumably, as well. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? Or both? Both. UK government uh, and Welsh Assembly and God knows what else they want to, you know, want to go. Uh, local councils, that they have a right to campaign for the abolition of that assembly. And it's like, I can get behind that. <laughs> I can get with the... And, you know, and Nigel Farage has, has, has um, won support by saying, you know, we're the, we're the only turkeys voting for Christmas. Um, and uh, yeah, vote-winning slogan, etc., etc., etc. But we've said this before. Where is my Where is my party? Where is the party that genuinely advocates for a reduction of something, anything? Okay, let, okay. Let, let me give you a scenario. So, this party exists, the Nick Party. Okay. Yep. Um, but it's, they, not, it's not me. It's not you. Um, the Douglas Carswell Party. Okay. I was thinking of the National Independence Coalition or something. <laughs> um, but this, this, this party exists, okay? Let's just say, say it exists. It wouldn't be a coalition. <laughs> it would be a coalition of, of independently-minded MPs. Not me. Oh, anyway, this party exists. Okay, so don't do with us, but it, this party exists. I'm, I'm coming up with you from one for you now, and it starts with a new dawn. Um, so this party, <laughs> this party exists, okay? They're properly... Classical, liberal, potentially even libertarian. Okay. Okay. And their or objectivist, or yeah. Yeah, yeah their manifesto yeah. is we're going to get rid of this, rid of this, rid of this, rid of this, rid of this. Fielding candidates everywhere, general election. What yeah, is, they're, fielding, they're fielding candidates in six hundred and fifty constituencies. Yep. Um, 
and they want to abolish everything. Yeah. Would you vote for them? This is the quandary because I think right now it's very easy to say they're all just they're all just socialists, and I, I had this argument before the twenty seventeen election as well. Going, what, what, when do you draw the line when the supposedly free market espousing party or parties are the ones adopting so much socialism? But it's, you have it's to easy. To, it's, I say it's, it's easy. It's it's easier to say I'm not going to vote when there's no one worth voting for. Let's say there is someone. There is, there is this party who would destroy it from the inside. Would you vote? Um, I, I know. I think I, I think I potentially would. Yeah. Because I don't think you can complain if you vote because you're putting your name against the system and ask, basically asking for a master. But is that a system? No. But, please govern me. But is right. But this party, this. I suppose it depends. I mean, it. it how crackpot. How popular actually is this party at the time? You know, if they're fielding 650 candidates, then it's Brexit party-esque in terms of its reach already, you know? It's not going to come out of nowhere. That means there must be a groundswell. There must be some support. Yeah, let's say, so, let's, let's say, let's say they've got 30% of the support and they could potentially get in. If and they, they, don't have, have, they don't have any of these nanny state policies that the Brexit party... They're they a pure libertarian party. Right, this, this. okay. That could get in and could destroy everything, so they've got a chance, and there's no including any... the system itself that means that they can be voted in. Let's say that. So is that not something that you would want to legally delegitimize? So I would, I would... <laughs> because I have a problem with just the amount of law. How else do you get rid of the law without the people that have put the law there in the first place? I mean, short of. Apocalyptic you want reset. To stay in and reform it from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying short of apocalyptic reset. How does it happen? This is this is arguably I'm not the sure, only but you're doing your back. normal thing here of not answering my question and turning it back to me. Would you vote for such a party? And you haven't answered. You voted for Brexit, okay? No, no, don't do this. And would I'm you, saying no. I'm comparing you? now. I'm now comparing. You vote. I'm saying the reason you voted for Brexit. Is because you voted for something that would reduce the amount you're governed. And I, I, I actually do. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I would vote for. It. Again, I think it has to be something that, uh, meaningful. And so that, yeah, the Brexit Party, the closest that we've come to a new. Yeah, but they're much force. better than the Brexit Party. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about a, a, a party that has the that does actually have the possibility of winning seats. Yeah, yeah. Our neighbouring seat in Peterborough. Very, that's very about sort of between eight and ten, I think, seats that they have a chance with. Peter Brempe could be a Brexit party. That's MP. one of the most so, likely. And they've had lots of coverage. They they won the European elections. If if you were to just re- re- replace like for like, that's the situation though. I would I I would vote for this party that is deliberately there to get rid of all of it. I would, and it be, and it's because there is there that there is a far greater chance of it actually happening of their being of the of them either therefore influencing other parties um or actually getting in power and actually reducing the size of the state but even though it uses the system i will give you all that but i still i still maintain that you can't complain if you take part in the system and you lose no i wouldn't be able to then but there would be you're not saying that you'd feel like there was a chance. Right now, I feel like, and I think you've pointed this out 
before, socialism has won. Right now, socialism has won. Okay, I've defined things as a la cartism, as they're being a bit from the left, a bit from the right, and the public is in this situation it's, now it's, where it's, I think you could argue more that it's, left. It's mostly left, and the the direction of travel is certainly going in the Absolutely. right. more than it's going in the right. And um, and they can go. And let's, James, let's not forget that they can go in both directions at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. That's what James Dunningpole has, has has talked about this recently about the fact that th- this is a this is a kind of golden opportunity of someone so unelectable in Jeremy Corbyn that this was the opportunity for the Conservative Party to actually tack right again. Well, they, they had and the same opportunity in 2017 as well, let's not forget. Yeah, but they had nanny state-in-chief. Yeah, but the, the Conservative Party could have could have elected somebody better and, and they would have been against Corbyn and they could have obliterated him in 2017. Think, yeah. of, think, think yeah. of the lead that May oh, had yeah. I'm not saying... before the election. Oh, yeah. think, think of the lead that, that they would have had with somebody else... In, yeah, with Boris in charge, for example, at yep. that point, when but we we're now still close know, to Brexit. But we now know that with Boris, uh, what well, look, I think he would have called an election straight away. I think he would have won it with flying colours, etc., etc., etc. But he's out of Blair. He's 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 a centrist. So we already know where he he stands because of where he is now. But the, you're saying this golden opportunity that they have now, that Dellingpole has, uh, James yeah. Dellingpole has said, they, they absolutely have had that in the past. It's not like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It hasn't been even once in two years or two and a half years. No, but it, no, it is more this time. In 2017, it was a surprise that they came as close as they did to gaining power. It was Only because they surprise. screwed it up. Of their own, of the, it was their own doing that they were that close. If no, had, it wasn't. No, come on. The amount, the amount of votes that the Labour Party got. This wasn't. This wasn't people not turning up, was it? A turn up was out. Turn turnout was up. Yeah. All I'm saying was that they screwed up their lead. You could see. It, you could see it in the polls up until it wasn't like the polls yeah. were saying. Like it wasn't like the, the polls before the 2016 American election where they were saying Hillary, 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 Hillary. And then it suddenly came out of the blue. You could no, see, but you could don't see you the think polls going to to Labour? I favorite. agree, and it was it was theirs to lose, and they, you know, she did. But they could have instead of, instead of they but could have now this the time, this time because it was so close, because it was a hung parliament and all that kind of stuff. Now, the threat feels bigger, doesn't it? I think. Look how close he got last time when Labour MPs were saying you can vote for him because don't worry, you'll never get in. That's the co- that's the point I'm making. Yeah, I think a lot of it was yeah. still Theresa May screwing it up with her ridiculous policies. I think. There was yeah, but you don't large... have the, the other the other stuff. You don't have any of it this time. I I think it I think it is different this time. It just, it just is different leader. No more Tom Watson. For, former um, former Labour MPs, whether they were uh, they've retired, voted out. Defected. Oh, you've you've got defection. Harris and uh, yeah. who's the Ian Austin? Yeah, you've had you've had you've you had all the defections for the party on yeah. Sky. And I mean, oh he was yeah, choking up. Yeah, but no, no, none of these defections from the party until the last year. You can't you can't say an awful lot more has happened to the Labour Party since twenty since the twenty seventeen election. That's not my point. My point is that they had this. They still had a golden opportunity to be proper conservatives in 2017 and romp home. That's my point. I think they also had that opportunity to be the same in 2015 and romp home. Yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to say. But, I, there, but wasn't now, much, there wasn't as much difference between. 
So exactly. So make there a difference. Be a contrast. But whatever the contrast is, it would be greater against Corbyn than it would be against Miliband, who yep. was a little bit right wing and left wing. You know, he, he was. We've obviously discussed before. He's both. Was Com- um, Corbyn is ultra left. Corbyn. I, I nearly called him Corbyn. <laughs> Corbyn is 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 ultra left. Um, yeah. So there's always going to be a greater uh, yeah, disparity. Anyway, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think I could bring myself to vote in this system. And if I had my time again with Brexit, I don't think I would vote. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to put my. I don't want to associate myself with the people that were going to be implementing the decision. And I think it yeah. was a bit daft of me to, you know, to, to, to very vote. Big of you. So you wouldn't vote in a second referendum then. <laughs> No, but that's, that's that's an easy thing to say because you can just say you can do, it's, you can give other excuses um, and say, well, I'm not voting again. Whereas if I had generally, if I had my time again, I don't think I would vote in the first Brexit yeah. referendum because I don't. It's giving legitimacy to the people influencing the vote, which I, I don't like. So you don't it, you like don't you like don't you like Brexit? And by that, I don't mean the leaving of the European Union, but the whole the whole shattering of all of it. Don't they, that you like in the same way that with Trump in America. I mean, it's always compared, isn't it? But it has thrown the cat amongst the pigeons, hasn't it? It has revealed... We've talked about the benefits has, of revealing the system to be what it is. It has, but you're still legitimizing Rather than reforming system. it from the inside, what about sabotaging it from the inside? You once said on, on this podcast that you would, you would go and work for government... In order, in order to destroy it yeah, I might from have, the inside, I might not have been entirely serious about that. Um, yeah, I, I think I said I'd, I'd take a, co- a government contract in, <laughs> in order, order to waste, in order to, to to stop them doing whatever they were doing in whichever department. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, you weren't serious then. I don't think I was entirely serious. Um, that that's that's the point, though, isn't it? If, if it's and I, and I come back to. I mean, that's not the situation we're in there now, and we'll come back to that in a bit. But coming back to your, there is a Libertarian Party, etc., 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 and uh, in striking distance of getting seats and all that kind of stuff, just a few campaigns away. And albeit it's using the other side's weapons, it's using it against themselves. Using democracy against the people who love democracy the most. I mean, there's a lovely irony there. There's a, there's a, you know, a nice symmetry to it. Um, why there is an argument that we should convince fifty-one percent of people of these ideals in order to wipe it all away. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a good one, but it would be a way of doing it. My problem is that the advocating of just not participating in the system. Um, are we going to see any change in our lifetime then? Are you going around trying to tell as many people as possible not to vote? Uh, well, not physically. You know, I tell people on Twitter. Um, but do you get what I mean? How do we how do we bring about the revolution, comrade? I I'm I'm not optimistic about the revolution, um, but I don't want to, in the face of that, give legitimacy to the current system, yeah. which is what you're doing. And I, I wouldn't. You, you can't. For you, it's just as simple as not in my name. You can't. Yeah, and, and also you can't complain about the outcome if you're voluntarily taking part in a system that will define who governs you. You know, you're, you're taking part in the system and you're saying by putting your 
cross against that name, that you accept the result of whoever gets in. And, and, and Whereas you're not a loser or a winner if you don't vote. So it's not about loser's consent because you just don't consent at all. Correct. Yeah. And I'm, let's be very clear, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you on this. And, and, but I am, I'm willing to concede. I, I can complain as much as I like. I, you know, I, you know, yeah. you know, I, but I am willing to concede that if there was a genuine libertarian party, and obviously it's a bit of a contradiction in terms... Of course it is. Um, you know, libertarian, you want me to vote for you, eh? Aha! That's the secret password. I knew you weren't a libertarian. So it's... It's, it's almost not... like an anti-shibboleth or something, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's, it's not going to happen. Um, but I, I do like the concept of if it's practically... If it's plausible, if it's plausible, if it, if it, if it could have an outcome would that would reduce the state... It would certainly be more tempting. Uh, and it would, be, it would be quite easy to argue. Um, speaking, okay, just want to change. Speaking of arguing stuff, um, so I heard Owen Jones um, on Sky or something. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it was only a couple of seconds. A couple of seconds too much. But What's to me? He's not popped up much for hasn't. me in the media in this case. And so to give him his due, he's got a very, very good delivery. He makes his points exceptionally oh, he's, well. He is an excellent communicator. He's br- yeah, he's brilliant at what he does. Don't, right, okay, no, I think in on, on camera, I think he's an excellent communicator. I think he's very good at debating people. I don't actually think he's very good at writing. He's not... I've seen, I've seen the not, odd article that he's written very, very well. He's not... Um, he's not word salad left. No. Is he? I mean, he's no Douglas Murray when it comes to writing. Um, but he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't write badly. He's a great interviewer. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, actually. He's, he's yeah. interviewed... And he's interviewed people all across the spectrum. Oh, he's totally. Jacob yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Peter Hitchens and people, and, and he's great at that. Um, Douglas Carswell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, going, going back to my, my point, he was, so he was talking about the Labour Manifesto and Labour's policies and saying, all we want is to make the NHS better and to give people homes and da-da-da. How is, that, how is that radical? How can that be radical? These are just normal policies that everyone with the right mind can do, whatever. You know, I love how, the right how, mind how stuff. Can you, how can you, I mean, that's probably wasn't what he said, but yeah. you know, how, can you, how can you possibly counter that? Yeah. And, and I was thinking, okay, what, what is the best way to counter that? And yes. Because it's not always it, immediately it obvious. It does sound reasonable. So the way I would counter it is that you have had this system of democracy, or representative democracy, for donkey's years, decades and decades and decades. Yep. We've basically had the same two parties um, for hundreds know, of years. For, for hundreds of years. And, but even if we didn't... And we've had your system of NHS for 60 odd years, yeah, 70 years, whatever it is. Nothing is getting any better. We've, we've, we've tried representative democracy. There are still thousands of homeless people. There are still thousands of deaths in the NHS. Yeah. You know, it's the 35th you know, best... Um, uh, you know, system as, in terms well, of socialism has never been tried, Andy. Okay, so <laughs> we have we have tried your way. Real socialism hasn't been tried. Of course, it has. Um, so we've had it your way. But I'm saying that's their argument. Back. Can, can you let me put my argument across? No, because I've already counted it. Carol, Carol. So we've we've had it your way for over you know for hundred a couple of hundred years, and we still have these issues. Yeah. So. No, I don't trust you one more time. How, how much more of this representative democracy... Do we, we want to try? Do we have to yeah. try? And how many more people have to die yeah, and be yeah, homeless yeah. before yeah. we try something different, which is giving people freedom? Yeah. That's, that's my point. That's well, there's plenty of evidence that everywhere it's been tried, 
to any, to any extent that it delivers more positive results every time. Um, absolutely. You know, another, another thing about the left in particular is they want to be judged on their intentions and not on their outcomes. Not their outcomes. And at least, at least a lot of right-wingers are, are, are willing, at least in part, to look at empirical evidence. And they maybe did. I just, there's too much, in quotes, pragmatism. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about you woolly centrists that we've got now. That like the Conservative like Party. The Conservative Party. I'm talking about right-wingers in general. And probably more in America. Is that they are at least willing yes. to look at empirical evidence. The difficulty about that is you can pick and choose your evidence so this is the whole Henry Hazlitt thing. If you, I don't know if you've read Hazlitt's Economics in One Lesson yet. No. Um, you read it in the evening. It's a, well, a couple of evenings. Yeah. It's amazing. But, but his point is that you can't just look at the evidence that you want. You know, you can, you can implement a policy and it can have certain effects. Yeah. And you can say, oh, look, my policy's worked. But you haven't looked at the overall effect on the economy. So you can, you can, you can look at things like, uh, you know, you can boost... You can subsidise a particular industry, and you can look at the evidence about that industry and say, "Look, this Boosterism. industry is now, is now is now fine, but what about all, what about the money that you've taken from everybody? What else could they have spent that money on? There, there are all these unseen effects that you cannot possibly see. Um, so you need to look at the the, the big picture. Yeah. So right wingers will look at kind of empirical evidence, but it's not the same as looking at the big picture, which only only libertarians and, and, and people tend to do." I'm going to bring it back to what I was talking about before about um, the fact that you and I spend more time pointing out the absurdities and the dangers of Labour Party policy than any of the others. I mean, it's an easy target, obviously. Um, it's and an there's easy a lot of content. Target. I mean, the Green, the Green Manifesto is worse, but they're never going to get in. But so they're never going to get in. You've got to, you've got to focus. You only got certain. This was my you've point. Got to that focus it? your efforts on imminent danger. So you're still trying to convince people to not vote for them, but you're not. Uh, are you really being clear enough to say don't vote for anyone? You, you're still. I still think when you're saying, look at these clans. Do you want them in charge? If you're talking about Twitter, there's a character limit, and I, I, I can't really suffix every tweet with, don't vote for any of them. Pe- pe- people who know me and who follow me know that yeah. I'm not you know, advocating voting for any of these Muppets. Um, so I don't think I need to qualify that on yeah. anything I write. I have, I have had the thought, and it's the reason I said, that, I mean, I've, 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 we've been trying to have this sit-down chat for a couple of weeks now, um, and... Um, I got very vocal over the broadband nationalisation stuff because it's a bit close to home for me um, and uh, I nearly just sat recording on my own just jabbering <laughs> about how ridiculous it is. I, I, I have to say that I've struggled. I am, I am willing to admit that I've struggled with the concept of not voting after hearing some of this stuff. Now, I then just look, and I suppose, again, the problem is, what if, what if, what if, what if? We're just not in a constituency where it matters. So it's arguably easier for me, and for you, to say, I'm not going to vote on principle. As in, I'm not going to vote on principle. (laughs) Because it doesn't matter. At this seat... 
that has was is been currently held by the Conservative Party by Shailish Vara, uh, who's a lovely chap, uh, but is still part of the system, who is running on a current you know basically socialist light manifesto, um, will win. And before him, um, Sir Brian Mulwiney, who recently died, yeah, passed away, didn't he? Yeah. Um, who uh, who was the first MP that I ever met uh, in when he was in school when I was at school, um, and he won it before. And it's a safe seat. It's a massive constituency. It's a mainly rural constituency. Yeah. We we don't live in the sticks. We're in a suburb, and it's the quirk of them. I mean, I don't know, I don't know actually whether the Boundary Commission has much to say about chopping and changing where we are. Um, but even though we are, we live in Peterborough. We are, we are on the edge, and so we're part of this constituency. It's easier for us to say, "I'm not going to vote." Of course it is, and we're not. You know, it would be easier for us than if we were living in South or Central America as well, when you've got proper kind of. Well, there are libertarian candidates, let alone GOP candidates that actually believe in this stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you, well. if you were in, you know, um, I mean, he's not so good these days, but, you know, if you're not a Rand Paul's constituency. Rand Paul's the first person. Ted Cruz is a bit, meh. They've both kind of sold out. Yeah. In recent years. They've both been reasonably pro, or they haven't been anti-Trump. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say the boundaries are slightly moved and we were in the Peterborough constituency and there's an opportunity to get a Brexit party candidate for laughs. You're not going to get me to vote. What about for laughs? I would, I would, so is I there would, never a point, even does, even for laughs? I would happily laugh with you <laughs> after not voting and he gets in. I mean, again, so, so how much, how much say do you actually have on anything? None. One vote against how many tens of thousands of people? Therefore, it doesn't matter. Correct. Why bother? Therefore, why bother? Therefore, vote for laughs. Monster Roby Looney. Spoil your ballot. What about spoiling your ballot? What, still what about what about spoiling your ballot in order to? to make a stand you're still taking part in a system in, in, in this it's mechanism. a fairly big FU to the system deliberately spoiling your ballot if the number of sport bats here's sure. a question would it be is it, would it be better for turnout to to progressively get lower or for the number of spoiled ballots to get progressively higher I think spoiled ballots tend to indicate more that people just don't like the current candidates, whereas not voting is, we don't like the entire system. Therefore, I would prefer it if people didn't vote. Okay. Um, let's say this itself becomes popular. Well, not voting? Yeah. Brilliant. Let's say it works. No, Brilliant. no, totally. But I want to spin out the scenarios of how it would ever actually change. How, how long is this podcast? But this is the this is the problem, without a revolutionary event, without muskets, without without Guy Fawkes, without a Cromwell, without something like that, without, without um, <laughs> I've watched um, uh, series three of The Crown. Uh, have you watched any of The Crown? It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, Julie's watched it. I've heard a few episodes John recently. Lith- John Lithgow as Churchill. He's the best. Who would have, who would have thought? I don't, I don't know who the guy is who plays Charles in the, in, in, the, in the latest one. It must be the latest series. Yeah. But I haven't Brilliant. seen him, but he sounds so good. Oh, he's, he's perfect for it. And Anne. They're, they're, okay. they're all really good. Anyway. Um, so Charles Dance plays Mountbatten. 
Right. Okay. Uh, Charles Nance is really amazing any, anyway. I mean, he's just well, and my concern was um, uh, this is this is this is becoming London calling now. I'm reviewing a series, but I was concerned that he was he was just going to forever be Tywin Lannister. And is that a Game of Thrones reference? Oh, you, did you not watch Game of I Thrones either? This is, this, this is just, I'm, I'm sure our viewer and our listener has watched Game of Thrones. Charles Dance is it's just, it's just his, his best character ever. On the hands, hands down, his best character ever. And from the very first scene, he is brilliant. He's, his first scene, he's pissed off and he's skinning an animal. Like a like a cow or something, it's just this deer or something. I think it is. It's a deer. I think there are antlers there, and he's there with his knife and his sleeve roll, rolls up, rolled up, skinning an animal while giving this diatribe. And it's just, it's just he's just brilliant. <laughs> um, but the danger is, anything you ever see him in forevermore, you just only see that character. Your your point. This this, this is about democracy, and I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he plays Mountbatten. My concern was that he was just going to be Tyrone Lannister, but he's right. good. He's good at as oh, Mountbatten. Answer. He's brilliant good answer. as Mountbatten. There's enough of a dandy about him, you know, because, uh, yeah. Um, but you read about the proposed coup? You know about the coup against the Wilson government? I mean, obviously it never happened. No, I don't think I did. Um, there, there, was, uh, there, were, there were plans afoot, uh, and they dramatise it in, in this series of uh, installing Mountbatten as Prime Minister. Okay? Well, he's not elected. He's, you know... He was head of the armed forces for a bit and then he got fired by Wilson. And so he's in this kind of limbo. Um, uh, and, um, and yeah, this is, this is bankers worried about the currency and worried about a left-wing socialist-ish Labour government. Uh, and there are plans afoot to, to install. But that's the kind of thing you're talking about. The, the, the only real ways of actually affecting serious change. Because right now the ratchet is only heading in one direction. How else do you get it to switch to freedom direction? I'm not sure. I, I don't know, but I don't think that legitimising the current system is it. So... The, let's go back to, and I know you, you could talk for hours about this. I mean, but you, have to, you have to sacrifice your principles to do absolutely anything that you're suggesting. So I'm not, um, willing, I'm not willing to do that. I, and I'm not saying you, you are for overturning the government by force or anything like that, because coercion bad. Um, but oh, the yeah. whole no voting thing, the whole no voting thing, let's say that turnout drops like a stone. And it happens over a reasonable time frame, 10 or 15 years. Yeah. At what point does anything still change? Or do, um, do the, does the government of the day still function quite happily? Thank you very much on 10% of the vote. I'm not sure. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Well, this is what this podcast is for. This is, this is, this is for you to say. Well, I've, I've no, I have no idea. I mean, at what, what point do people say, you know, we've had enough? And uh, and then what? How does it actually work in practice? And I know it's the whole it's impractical to not vote argument, but I just I'm intrigued I, I, to know whether you've thought about it. Have you gone through any of those I, scenarios I, I have, where you've I, thought when 
when a government is elected with 10% of the populace or 5%, they therefore have so much power with so little legitimacy. You can't, I don't think you can argue that democracy doesn't give a measure of legitimacy. I think there would be, so there, there would be incidences of civil dis- disobedience, you would think, at some point. Where that point is, I'm not too sure. But you're not in favour of civil disobedience. Am I not? When have I oh, been? okay. It depends what it is, I suppose. Yeah, of course it does. Okay, so that's how you would yeah, people would engage start, the mean, revolution. Well, people would start avoiding tax and all that kind of stuff, wouldn't they? I think at that point. And but the, but no, but the, they'd still lock you up. Yeah, but I think more people, I think if, if, if you've got to the point where, you know, 90% of the people aren't voting and they're like, you're right, they'll probably start thinking, hang on a second, let's, let's all just not pay this or let's, let's start, you know, using a different currency instead of the, you know, instead of sterling and start using but Bitcoin or whatever. Oh, I like that idea. You know, let's not, let's, let's transact in something completely different, therefore. That can't, the, the can't be taxed. Yeah. That, you know, that kind of thing would happen. But I don't know which point that would. I don't know if that's the first thing that would happen. Don't um, you think that there would be a natural... It would be entirely, be word, be entirely peaceful. But don't you think there would be a natural tendency for a tribe to form? Because that's just the way human beings kind of get. What? Someone would try to rise up to lead these people that aren't voting. <laughs> Isn't that a danger? They might. Yes, of course it is. It's always a danger. The, the issue is, could it could it realistically ever happen? I don't think any of this can realistic would realistically ever happen. Certainly not in my lifetime. So you're we are so far gone. This is this this is it. We are just so far gone. But that doesn't mean I'm taking part. Um, what point do you leave the country? But That's a whole other podcast. It's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, if, if Corbyn got in... Won't would deny be... that I haven't had these conversations with nearest and dearest. Well, yeah, no. So if, if, if Labour got in, then certainly I would look to see if I could get a contract in either an English-speaking or German-speaking country because my wife is fluent in German and I'm That'd pretty sure handy. I could learn quickly and, uh, you know, and it would be... It would be worth, you know, looking at Austria or Germany, or we've got relatives in, in Singapore. Perhaps it would be moving over there. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I've not thought about yeah, that. Yeah, because we do have family over there. They're economically very, very free, and I know problems they, with social freedoms. Not that it would affect us. No, personally. and not compared to what we would be if Corbyn got in. So it would still be better than we have now. Yes. Um, oh, it's all still least worse. There isn't a country. You know, the, the, uh, IT is growing over there. Um, yeah tech industry yep so that would be a possibility um, big shift but at least English another, another podcast entirely but it would be nice to move to somewhere like Lieberland yeah um, you know ultimately if these places yeah, start no, I looked into that as soon as you started telling me that I looked into this and they're trying to come up with they're, they're trying to use blockchain to come up with a state system it's as good as you're going to get at the moment on earth I think you know, you talk about least worst, but there is no there is no area of land that someone hasn't laid claim that some state hasn't laid claim to. So that isn't it, really isn't it a shame? The best that you're going to isn't get. Isn't it a shame? The homesteading is done. Yes, I know. Uh, moon, the moon, 
Mars, is that is that our only hope? I mean, it, it, <laughs> get there before the state does. It's ridiculous when you think of how sparsely. I know people talk about the population growth and stuff, but the Earth is sparsely populated. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah. densely populated in certain areas, but generally speaking, oh, it's yeah. sparsely populated. Yeah, you can't, you can't homestead anywhere on Earth. And, well, and, um, I mean, obviously there's a quite a lot of international water. Um, and, I mean, the Chinese... Sea, exactly. Um, <laughs> slightly contradictory. The, the Chinese are the, are the ones that are obviously building new islands. Because they've got the resources to do so. Wouldn't that be great if we if we if we got together with a, a bunch of objectivists and built Gold's Gulch out of sand with the help of Apple in the middle of an Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, come over here, middle of the Atlantic, no tax. Uh, you know, it wouldn't have to be the what? middle. It doesn't have to be the middle. It could, it could be reasonably close, so we could have fast connections and just under just the sea. off of the coast of just the east coast of America or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no tax, um, you know, come here. Why don't they? Brad Branson owns an island, doesn't he? I think so. I think Ethan Hawke owns an island. Does he? Yeah. The bastard. So why, why don't they? Why don't, why don't the... I don't know. But we're, we're, we're in danger of speaking here for hours, and I think we probably need to wrap this up. You're not going to vote in this election. Mm. You're not going to vote in no, any no, election no. again until one day you decide you are, and I'll remind you of all of this time. Um, yeah, I mean, if, do, do you think that over time? I mean, of course, I could go mad and I could have some kind of, you know, I could lose my mind and, and vote. I'm, I'm not. But, you, that, out. but you, that literally, that's the only thing that would you think spinning forward that would make you vote. Yeah, they say people get gun more. To my head. They could. They. Well, you, you already do. Yeah. They, um, they say that people get more conservative in their in their old age. Um, I, I think that, that, that means from the left. I don't think it means, I don't think people from both sides gravitate towards conservatism. This is just what I wonder. Well, just what I wonder. Do libertarians get more conservative with age? I don't. Once, you, once you're red pilled, I think that's it. And people, conservatives well, talk about being red pilled. They're not exactly. really red They're not going from I've, one matrix to another matrix. I've had this conversation. You know, the, the, I think what is known as red pilling isn't as red pilling as you and I would want it to be no um, I think I think you have to not vote to be properly red pilled <laughs> you still take it's like a system it's just like a no you're coiner you're still like dipping in and out it's like a no coiner like uh, if you haven't got bitcoin then uh... <laughs> do, you have, do you have any bitcoin oh there you go then <laughs> I know I'm a total no coiner but the reason I don't have bitcoin you're not a no coiner you're not someone who says absolutely under no circumstances are you you just haven't bought any yet you know? no no the problem is is that basically the moment that I decided it was a good idea? It's been doing this. It's well, you're, just so you're cleverer than I did because I bought. I bought, bought when it was I bought high. It was high. So I, I've, overall, I've lost a little bit of money on it. No, but I, I'm a I'm a proper. Um, uh, no, I can't think of the term for it. But it, uh, what did we talk about? Oh, the, no, voter. Uh, what, what what did we what did we talk about? Uh, this is revealed preferences versus stated preferences. Um, while it was doing this, I've just I've got this long list of things I need to do, and one of them was buy I, Bitcoin. I was the same. I was the same. I it, it wasn't right. that I didn't think it was a good idea. It was that proper. I must do that. I must do that for the first time in my life. I have some cash, or rather, an investment in a bank. I like I like explaining this to my son, and I'll get round to it with my daughter about what you do when you put your money in a bank. And when we go to a cash machine, we divest that money. 
<laughs> I like using the correct terms of that. It's not that our cash didn't sit somewhere. It's digital for starters, but we we change it into notes because we're divesting that money. Uh, but yeah, it was always on my list of things uh, things things to do. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to vote in this election. It was really funny when the voting cards came through the door. Uh, Caroline's voting card came through the door, and she was like, "Ah, voting card." And I went, "Where's mine? They've not sent mine. Fantastic! They've not sent mine." And then, like five minutes later, clearly the person just hadn't <laughs> hadn't spotted it in their pile, and then it came through the door again. Yeah, so I wasn't sure whether to bother to take myself off the electoral roll. But that was the last question I wanted to put to you. You're on the electoral roll. Why don't you remove yourself from the electoral roll? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure whether I can taking be... part in their system. Well, no, I'm not your sure. name is on a list. It's it's can I be bothered? I, would would I prefer if my name was off the list? No, yes. but don't you? Don't, there's a, there's a canvassing form. You have to. Don't you have to agree to it every time they come through that with the form with who are the voters in your household? I can't remember the last time. Is this just that Julie does this bit? Probably. <laughs> um, I wasn't sure whether to. And, and I, you can't set fire to currency, so that's like high treason. But could, could I could I set fire to my voting form and and like you know? You don't have a problem. You have a problem with high treason. Well, I was thinking more about like doing it on this podcast. Yeah. I don't want to get caught. You're not going to... You know. This is all about getting caught. This is all about putting it on video, <laughs> sticking it on here, saying, look what I'm doing. But in general, you have no problem burning a, burning a note, burning a, something of the quiz we said on it. Yeah, I mean, what's this, what, what a ridiculous law that is. It's not your money, is but it? The yeah, amount, I mean, the, again, that's the whole thing. It's, like, it's not your money. It's the Bank of England's money, and you can't deface it. And it's, you could get... I think you could get hung for treason, can't you? Can you? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you... Sure, really? I'm there's sure still you, a death penalty for there's treason? There's still, still a death penalty for treason. I thought the death penalty was gone. No, 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 no. It's, I think it's for treason and for setting fire to, to Her Majesty's ships. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. It's like the only two things that you can get hung for. Nobody okay. obviously has been, um, but you can, you can still get hung for treason. So but I, don't, I don't really want to risk that. We don't have all the burning the flag stuff. The, no. the argument about it, all the no. nonsense about, no. about that. Um, yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous laws. Um. Well, let's leave it there then. Ridiculous laws with ridiculous, ridiculous people at the helm um, that we're not going to play that part in. I, I will admit that I, I have not done any soul searching, but I, I have revisited the can I really tell people, can I be saying to people, you really shouldn't vote them in without saying, but I'm not advocating. I, I, you vote for anyone. I, it, it's it's been a bit of a quandary for me. I don't I mean, feel we're in a position. So with 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 people at work, I have been saying there's no one worth voting for, so I'm not voting. So I have taken the easy option. Yeah. I don't want to don't want to lose my contract. Um, I don't. You know, I have yeah. to work with these people. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's not been a popular view that I've seen of people just going, "I hate all." There's much more this time round. Much more. But that's that's been Boris the, is a bit marmite. That's been the easiest option. For, socially. For me, socially. Because I, you know, I have to have to work with these people, and they're you know, oh, totally. my livelihood. Oh, totally, totally, totally so. you work, yeah, totally. Um, but being completely honest, I wouldn't vote anyway. Yep. Um, should we end should we it? Well, on that non-bombshell, um, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening and for watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, to Sounding Board, you can go to soundingboard.com uh, and see all of our previous editions and our blogs when we get round to actually writing them. Uh, but we do have 
proper jobs. We do have lives. We don't want your money. Uh, Please click the subscribe button wherever you are. That's um, the only thing on we'll YouTube, ask for. Um, or iTunes, Podbean. Or Tell your friends. Give us a rating. But that's only because we'd quite like it if more people actually listen I guess to if us. you could do one thing, share it with somebody else. That's the, that's the best thing to do, I guess. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you.